You don't test your audio? Gotta test your audio. Make it peaky. Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast. It's the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. As usual, I'm your host, Michael, and today I'm joined only by one of our regular co-hosts, me. Dominic is out for Boy Scouts business, as usual, as he always is. He's the reason why we can't schedule podcasts. I can add him because he's not here to defend himself. Um, we're doing a few, we're, we're doing some cool things now that college admissions for, I guess, class of 2023 is wrapping up, doing some interviews, doing some fun podcasts. And today we have an interview with a listener of the podcast, an avid listener of the podcast. His name is Vin Hui. He lives in Allen, where I grew up in and, and live in when I'm not here at Columbia. Um, and well, Vin Hui, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, hey, uh, my name is Vin Hui Le, and as Michael mentioned, um, I go to the wonderful, small, quiet town of Allen, Texas. Yeah. It's right outside of Dallas. Um, and I found out recently I'll be going to Stanford University. Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah. Which is real amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dream, yeah, dream come true for sure. Like, my perfect place just for me. That's great. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Now, was this actually your dream school going in? This was my dream school. It's, uh, like, for, for like, since, like, I don't know, elementary school, middle school or something. Um, it's just something about that, just that whole California vibe. I guess, like, a lot of people, they say, like, Stanford is great because of, like, the startup culture and it's, like, great weather. And I like it for the same exact reasons. Um, and so it's just, like, a huge connection for me there. Um, I just love the environment there. The weather is definitely better than here on the East Coast, let me tell you. <laughs> It's like 60 degrees outside and everybody is like, oh my god, it's so warm. It's no, yeah. springtime my now. Cousin, my cousin <laughs> lives in Chicago and she's like, oh my gosh, it's 60 degrees. Everyone's in like shorts and like a tank top. And then like over here the other day, I was talking to my friends. I'm like, it's 70 degrees. I should be able to wear a t-shirt. And she's like, what? 70 degrees is kind of cold. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Unbelievable. Texas be like. Yeah. Be glad you're on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually curious about this. How did you find the podcast? How did I find... I honestly, I really just searched it up. Um, it's I didn't find it on Apple. Um, I found it on Spotify. I just searched in. Because, like, I was kind of bored and I was procrastinating. So I was like, okay, I guess I should figure out more about college. So <laughs> instead of, like, going on... Instead of going on, like, YouTube, like which is what I usually do. Yeah. When I'm, like, researching schools, I went on, like, Spotify. I was like college admissions thing and then this was like one of the first things that popped nice. up and i was like and i the more i listened to like i thought it was okay and then i saw like michael and then he was like he went to like he mentioned like lowry or something i'm like wait a second like this is in dallas this is like right literally right where i live and i was like i gotta join these i gotta join these guys and so i've been i've been listening ever since isn't it crazy that we just it was just like coincidental that we're both from allen yeah. like yeah. i figured it was someone from allen who had mentioned it because, you know, yeah. I still talk to some of my Allen friends, but I guess not. It was just a big coincidence. Just, uh, yeah, just how it was meant to be. Wow. Shout out to Spotify. Look at that. <laughs> they should and sponsor also us. also Allen for life, y'all. Oh, hello. Hello, Spotify. Please email us, admissions, uh, admissions.uncovered at gmail.com. We'll take your money. <laughs> All right, so one thing we want to ask you for sure about is you obviously got into stanford which is amazing um but what do you so college admissions clearly went well for you right um but i guess yeah i'm a little curious like how did everything else go and and what do you think about this process generally now that you're kind of through it i okay college admission i took like a pretty there were like um there were a lot of like hiccups in my in my journey through here uh, I'm gonna be honest there wasn't a single time where I actually thought I was gonna get in um, and I'll ex- I'll probably explain that mostly because like going in there was just like a lot of competition at Allen we had like a really strong class and so I was thinking like ah, there's no way they'll admit more than one person from Allen um, and one of the guys they they've gotten in early already so I was like it's pretty much over and then I started getting like all these rejection letters um, it was like rejection after rejection um, and then uh, it just ended up that my number one, which is Stanford, um, I applied regular decision, and that was the very last one, and I opened it. Um, I wasn't even expecting it. I was like literally in like an airport terminal. Like, <laughs> it was like midnight. It was like it was like midnight. Like I usually open it on my laptop because I try to make it like official and stuff. Um, but this time, 
I was like really tired and I got the email. It was like, a update to your application has happened. Like, please check in. I was like, all right, you know what? It's not going to happen. So I'll just check it right here and get it over with. And then I was expecting like, hey, thank you for your application. But it said, it said, congratulations. Uh, even amidst of the class of 2023. That's so amazing. I was, yeah, I just started like jumping up and down. I was so happy. There was like no one there to celebrate <laughs> with. Because it was like, it was like the place was like closed down. So um, yeah, I was, that was like a huge highlight for my, yeah. for my year. See, Michael, opening it up at random places can be lucky, you know? Michael has a thing against opening a, it up. I don't know. So if, if I was opening it up in an airport terminal or a CVS like you did me, I, I would was not, not at a CVS. Ve- I was close. Okay, but you were very close. It could have hit 7 o'clock or like 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock and you would have been at that pharmacy. And if I was opening things in a public place and didn't get in... Would you cry? Oh, Ivy Day? I would have cried. Oh, Ivy Day was rough. Ivy Day was rough. Yeah? Yeah, it was like midnight and I just went through like... It was like Harvard rejection, Yale rejection, Princeton rejection, Columbia rejection, Brown rejection. I forgot what... Yeah, Penn rejection too. I was like, wow, okay. So that, that didn't work out. Um I said, um, I mentioned like um, to you, Michael, that I, I got rejected by six Ivies. Yeah. I applied to seven, and so if you're wondering, yeah, I did get into Cornell. <laughs> that was the one lonely, the one lonely Ivy that, that oh. actually wanted me. It's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, Cornell was like, um, I, I think it's probably because of my interview. I had a great interview for Cornell, and then um, I applied to like a pretty, like a small like school. They had a great support system, and so I, I really felt like I should have applied there. Got into Cornell, Stanford are the big ones. All the other Ivies didn't go too hot. What do you think made the Stanford application different, if anything? Or do you think it was just kind yeah, of um, luck? Yeah, it was, yeah, there was, this was like a really big insight for me, um, because obviously we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, right. but judging from the, like the rejections and stuff, I think I can, I have a pretty good idea of why I got in. Um, and I think it's, it's really just about the effort and I'll explain why it's because um, for the Ivies, I to be honest, I didn't, I didn't really care about it that much. Yeah. Like I, obviously I would go, but like that, I'm not really like an East coast kind of person. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like really like busy. And so California is like the opposite is like really laid back and like everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm just like working on this when they're actually building like the next Google or something. I'm so a I really surfer like dude. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like, like those guys. And so um, I, I wasn't really a the only reason I was attracted to them is mostly because of the name. Um, it's sad to say, but I was kind of like cloud chasing. And no, so, no, that, I don't. I, think that, I don't think that's sad. Michael's the I mean, biggest. I think we talked to this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very open about it. I love prestige. Yeah. I am. I'm a prestige. Don't say don't that word. Say that Do words. not say that word. I won't say that word. Okay, Steve. I won't say that word. Uh, but right. yeah, don't like. Don't worry. Like I completely feel the the cloud chasing type thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I mean, looking back, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. And so looking back, I. I probably shouldn't have applied to it because I didn't really care. Um, I, I barely put, like, any effort into that. Like, my Harvard application, I literally spent, like, 30 minutes on it. Like, I can copy and paste it to Stanford. <laughs> I say, I was like, all right, this one looks good. I'll change Stanford to Harvard on here, and I'll just send it off. Lo and behold, I didn't even get an interview. I just got straight up rejected. I mean, so it, it kind of makes sense. Whether it's Stanford, on the other hand, I went so far into that application. I spent, like, the last two years on it. Like, I know it inside and out. And like I, every single question was meticulously researched, like every phrase, like pretty much every punctuation on there was like specifically tailored for Stanford. I just, I just loved it that much. I didn't see it as a chore. I just, I just loved the culture. And so, um, and and I guess one of the bigger reasons why was probably the Stanford, like their admissions is a little bit special. Um, and so Ivies are kind of sort of alike. Um, I don't know how you would describe it for, but for Stanford, like for sure, if you research it, you'll come across this, um, this word intellectual vitality a lot. And so that's like a huge thing for Stanford. Like they literally like just like explicitly put that on there. I um, mean, what that means is like, it's just passion for what you do. And so Stanford really evaluates that. So you, um, if you don't look good on paper, um, but they can tell like you're really passionate, like on an essay or something, then that'll be really advantageous for you. At Stanford, and so I think I really, really rode that wave mm-hmm. when I was. When yeah, I, was I can. There. I feel like that whole thing with like putting kind of like more effort in like schools you actually care about, because I know like when I was applying, everyone was like, "Okay, you got to have some like mid tier schools," because like blah blah blah, if they don't work out. So literally for one of my schools, I did the same thing. Like I copied 
a supplement over from another school and like I put it in and then I got waitlisted from like a school that like if I put in a little more effort like pretty sure with like I would have gotten in so it's just like kind of just about applying to schools that you actually want to go to so I feel like looking back I would have focused more on like fewer schools and not just like hey let me just apply you know yeah, and to, to add, like, insult to injury, too, um, I didn't just get rejected from those six schools. I got rejected from MIT and Johns Hopkins, too. Like, oh, gosh. Like, Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins hurt me. That hurt me really bad because Johns Hopkins came out during, like, spring break, which was, like, before Ivy Day and before Stanford. Oh, yeah, it was one of the earlier was, like, ones, baseline. right? baseline. Yeah, that was, like, if I got rejected from that, like, it was pretty much, like, I had no chance of getting into the other ones, which is what I thought then. Obviously, that's not true, and no one should ever think that. It's not, like, a... It's not like a terrace of like schools, like you get into one, you have to get into another. Um, and so Hopkins, like, again, I didn't spend a lot of effort on it. I thought it was like a freebie, like, like it was like, like it's there for the taking. Um, but I ended up getting like just straight up rejected, not even waitlisted. And so that really yeah. hurt me. Um, but luckily mm-hmm. I was able to like pull and it And I off feel like that story is also like true with a lot of people because I've heard a lot of people talk about there was this like one dude who got into like Stanford, MIT, like a bunch of Ivies. But then he, but then his quote was like, oh, I got rejected from, I forgot what school it was, but like it wasn't up there. And like, he was still kind of like regretting that, but it's, it just goes to show, like, it shows that just because you don't get into like a school that has like a higher acceptance rate, doesn't mean you're not going to get into like your dream school or something like that. Yeah. I I think that's a big fallacy that I I think the listeners would really like to hear um, is that, that just because you don't get into one school doesn't mean you, you won't get into another one. Um, it's it's really not about how good you are it's how well you match the school and so that's something that I learned really late and so maybe the listeners I know if I ever listened to that advice I'd be really closed off to it I would be like yeah, yeah like, whatever nah. like match like that you're just making me feel it's better a but like, game uh, kind of like thing, you know yeah yeah from like from experience I can tell you like straight up like firsthand experience that that's absolutely true it's about the match it's not about how good you are um, trust me like I can name like 10 people 20 people right off the top of my head just from Alan that are way smarter than me um, but just I I just I guess played my cards right for like one specific. I mean, the school. other thing is that at some point, college admissions is just about emotions, and there's a lot of just guesswork and luck involved with it because it's not yeah. a machine cranking out yes no decisions. If it was, then my job would be super duper easy. I'd just figure out what the machine wants and get yeah. my students to do the machine. Exactly. But it's humans evaluating and, and, those applications. Yeah. And I think that's actually I I really sometimes. When you think about like how college is like subjective and stuff, people kind of like wave it off. It's like it's not an efficient system. But honestly, it would be a whole lot worse if it yeah, was just a numbers awful. thing. That'd um, be because, terrible. Yeah, because you'd have like yeah complete robots in college. Um, and so if you look at like essays and you see like this guy actually he loves what he does. It's not just he's doing it for the resume because there's tons of people like that. Um, I think that's uh, it, it's not perfect. Obviously, the American college admissions isn't perfect, <laughs> but I think it's one of the best systems yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like looking at the whole person. If you just played on the number game, numbers game, like we've, I, I have ranted about this for entire episodes, right? The system yeah, is yeah. very much rigged in college admissions, but it's even more so rigged in test scores because if you have money, you can pay for private tutors like like me, and you can go to test prep centers and buy big books and, and take tests um, multiple. I did multiple, the exact same times. thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing for you to do that, right? I did that. But it's definitely to say that you just look at test scores. It would just be totally mm-hmm. unequal, yeah, more unequal like I than know, it already is. I know in some countries, like like the U.S., like their application systems, like really unique. Like there's so many components and all that. But I know some countries, it's literally based on one test that you take on one day, and it's just based on your scores. And accordingly, like if you want to go to like the top school, then you better have the best score you can possibly get on that test and people will study like years for like one test and like if on that day you're sick or you do poorly then like basically you're screwed so in china it's definitely it's yeah it's it's ridiculous (laughs) it really is yeah yeah um but but yeah i think i yeah i think uh yeah the system for i think especially like schools like i think chicago was it like they got yeah they're totally test test optional now test scores altogether yeah they made it optional which i i not i think i think like in the long run that's going to be a good thing um one of the, my regrets is like spending a little bit too much yeah. time on test prep um yeah i in the end i don't think it would have mattered because i took my sat twice 
and I increased my score by like twenty points. And so honestly, like in the longs, like in the long term in the grand scheme of things, like the amount I'd spent like studying just to get that measly twenty points, I could have been like writing more essays or uh, making sure like I I did something productive or volunteering or something. That would have been a That's lot. That's also the thing. Like looking back, it's really weird when we're doing like all the applications. No one really thinks about their test scores because like that's the one sure thing that's done. But also that. Do- but also they're really important because like I know my teacher said this and it's like for top schools your test scores can't get you in but they can definitely like keep you out so they're also like important but I feel like because it's kind of like the one thing that we can control as like a sophomore like a junior and like all the other stuff you can't really control so I feel like there's still an emphasis on test scores but definitely the schools that are test optional like now I feel like people are still like uh ah. like they say that but like I'll probably not get in if I don't submit my test score, so they still submit it anyways. But I think, like, in the long run, they're definitely going to, like, become more test optional, and a lot more schools are going to do that. So I I, I want to get back to the Stanford application because, you know, we're talking about yeah, how, absolutely. you know, this isn't just a numbers game. This is a human component. There's an emotional component. Um, clearly, you worked super hard on the Stanford applications and maybe not so much on the other ones, which... Totally get it. That's a very accurate Hey, it worked out in the end. You know? Right? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. I did that too, right? On January 1st, <laughs> I threw in an application to Duke, I think, because the supplement was 150 words and I just like crammed it out, you know? I think I did the same exact thing for yeah. Duke. <laughs> um, but I'm a little curious, like, what do you think was the human element you showed in your essays that got you into oh, Stanford? Yeah. Um, yeah. Essays and interviews, those undoubtedly that those are the only things that held my held my application up um the essays were like that was like those are the best things that i've ever written what in did my you life. write about if you're um, and i think stanford thing. yeah 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 of course um it is a little bit lengthy because stanford has like Fair 11 enough. of yeah. them and so <laughs> yeah they they asked like a lot of the right questions um for my common app my common app that was the probably the best essay i've ever written in my life um it's um the 650 word one i i wrote about um, this, uh, well, at first I started off with, with me, like as a person, um, growing up, like in middle school, uh, I was like that one, like that normal Asian kid who was like really yeah. quiet. Um, and so who couldn't speak up. Um, but then in middle school, I found like this awesome volunteering program. Um, but, um, I didn't find it myself. My mom actually made me do it. Um, and so I started going to, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so what we do is like, we meet with like, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's called Oh, Teen Court. dude, I did Teen um, Court. From I Alan, did Teen yeah. Court, yeah. Yeah, Teen Court. But my story was a little bit different because, like, a lot of the... Um, I was kind of put in, like, a huge leadership position, and so I got to deal with the people, like, directly. And so there's this one time where I had, like, the full say on this um, this young man. He had his family in, and um, I realized that he was a schizophrenic, and so he had these charges, and he was, um, he was like, on a suicide oh, no. watch. And so he had, like, cuts and bruises all over his arms. I... Um, yeah, I remember that was probably the hardest part to write in my essay. I had like a full paragraph, like just on that experience. Um, and so, um, that part like really sort of like, uh, really changed my perspective on what, what the other people just in my community, um, are feeling. And so being able to talk with him, um, like talk with a complete stranger that you've never met before and have him tell you about like his life and stuff, um, was definitely really Mm -hmm. beneficial. And so I used that experience uh, from helping this young man into um, going into my own life, um, especially with Hosa. And I talked about this um, drive that we had um, where we um, we sold out, was it two Walmarts, a Target, and a CVS worth of wow. fuzzy socks. And we delivered it to, we delivered it to uh, the nursing home like on Valentine's Day. And so that was one of like the most rewarding things that ever happened because um, it it was completely optional, like for students, like it was based off of their generosity alone. And so by doing that, we showed that high school students, they're not just like narcissistic. They don't just care about themselves. They were willing to go out of their way to help bring this whole effort together. And so um, those are the three components of being able to get out of my shell. Um, this this uh, really great experience with Teen Court and having to meet with different people, complete strangers, um, and then translating that into to my school activities as well well see i think that's i think that's a great example of the right way to write an essay because a lot of people just write their essay as if it's a resume right like one paragraph is a different activity 
I did 16,000 hours it's boring it's it's not a story that is the easiest way to get rejected I can tell you that it for is. sure <laughs> by writing a resume so essay, yeah and I think you've you've hit the nail on the head about like the model right because you don't just want to explore one thing in an in your common app essay the common app essay kind of weaves together everything you know, I use the word narrative a lot because that makes sense to me, right? Your application is a narrative. It's it's the story of who you are. And part of that needs to be explaining why you do all the different things that you do, right? Explains why, you know, for you, you do HOSA and Teen Court and that explains your interest in, you know, being a, being a doctor in the future. Like the, the Common App essay is supposed to weave all those things together instead of just, you know, do separate things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for the supplemental essays, you, you mentioned a little bit on HOSA um, as well. Um, for Stanford, there are three 250-word essays. And so the first one is, uh, that's called the Intellectual Vitality Essay. Uh, from my research, I, I deducted that that was the most important yeah. essay um, because it shows like how, how much you're involved um, with things that you love to do. Um, and so I wrote about HOSA a lot. For those of you guys who don't know, HOSA is like, it's um, the Future Health Professions. Um, organization and so it's an international organization for high school students and a few college students as well and they we all get together to celebrate and learn about um, health professions and health careers um, and so at um, at our high school um, I came in thinking that I wanted to be like a recruited athlete for tennis and so I was oh, just really like, like all in <laughs> like 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 you know like how, how like recruited athletes have an easier time yeah. of getting in um, and so I I was I came in with that mentality and all my friends did well as well and um, in 10th grade, I decided, like, there's no way I can do this. Like, I actually, like, no, nothing against the team. Like, the coaches were great. It's the top program in the state. Um, some of my friends are, like, the closest friends in my in my entire life. I'm still friends with them now. Um, but it just wasn't for me. And so I decided to quit. And I pursued HOSA uh, full-time, which is really interesting because I went from, like, this huge organized sport that can easily get you into college to, like, some school club. Um, but I completely ran away. Um, ran, sorry, not ran away. Ran with that idea. I mean, I just, Hosa was like, I took it really personally. I completely built the, um, kind of revamped, like, how the club ran. And so um, that was my essay uh, for Intellectual Vitality, the first 250-word essay. Um, and so um, that was also a great essay that I wrote. And the second essay that I wrote was um, the roommate essay. It's the write a note to your future roommate. Um, and I wrote about me describing myself as an emoji pillow. Um, nice. and so it was that was that was the essay i the teen court one was the my best essay this one was the one i had the most fun with um and so i just like described like I, it's not here right now i don't have the emoji pillow right now um but it's like it's like the one with like the big glasses and it has like buck teeth oh on it. yeah, oh, yeah. Um, i know what you're talking it's about. like that yeah. emoji and i i wrote a whole entire essay just based on that emoji and i described myself um like like going through like my life i talked about like um, dancing to like Beyonce songs or something on there and it was uh, I had so much fun with that essay um, and then my third one um, my third one was a, my third one was like a sort of like the diamond in the rough because I actually I wrote that like maybe like a few days before I submitted it um, I forgot the idea that I had before but it wasn't it wasn't that good and so I wrote uh, my new essay on my map collection that I had as a little kid and so when I was, like, little, we would go to, like, national parks and stuff. And so every time I would, like, ask for a map, or, like, we went to Disney World, I would ask for a map. And so I would I keep, like, this huge, like, hundreds of maps, like, in a collection. And it's sort of, like, it was, like, a, a souvenir reminder of, like, all the places that I would travel to um, and how uh, it opened me up to, like, the new possibilities in nature and, and meeting new people um, just from looking at those maps and going through them again. And so that was something that... Um, the essay was uh, write about something that's meaningful to you, and I think that really conveyed that well um, in my essay with my map collection. So I wonder, what do you think made these essays specifically good for Stanford, right? Because you were talking earlier about making sure you fit in with the school, yeah. and you know, I'm sure you like yeah. recycled those some of these things for the Ivies or for other schools you applied to, and that didn't work out so well. Yeah. So, what do you think is the yeah. vibe of Stanford? that that made that made those uh, the, essays work yeah yeah um the i think the vibe for different uh, i'll start with the ivies first from what i understand for the ivies ivies are like accomplished accomplishment base and so they want to see like this big like you're going to do amazing things um when you when you 
graduate from college, which I think is a perfectly, that's a perfectly valid way to judge people um, that are, that are applying. Um, but Stanford is a little bit different. Stanford is like, how passionate are you about that? And so um, writing about like my emoji pill and how I, I just love being myself um, and writing about the maps, how I just love people. And so it's, it's really like this quirky sort of vibe. And so um, I think that's something that Stanford definitely looks out for. Obviously, this is not an official answer. Um, but um, I, I think it's just that that uh, that really smart and you just love what you do. Nothing is about the resume. Um, you just do things for fun. And so I, I think that's really what makes the Stanford essays different and how you should approach the Stanford application as well. I mean, that, that essay about write a letter to your roommate or whatever, that clearly is asking you to write about something interesting, not just interesting, something fun or like the fun side of you. Whereas a lot of the Ivy supplements don't really ask you to do that. You know, UChicago has their wacky one, which I think points you to the direction of having a little bit of fun. But the Ivy supplements, like the the strict, just Ivy League, Ivy League, not Ivy League Plus, those supplements are fairly serious, I, I feel like. Um, yeah. For so sure. a lot I of them are like... true, like and difference in vibe. I, I, think, I think a bigger piece of evidence for that too is for MIT. I got rejected from MIT as well. Um, but the thing that's different about MIT is that it's very similar to the Stanford application. There's a lot of like little, like like little supplements, and I I almost copy and pasted from Stanford to MIT as well. But I got rejected from MIT because I think that was um, the sort of like that East Coast coming in again. Um, MIT is a little bit more lax than like Harvard or Yale. Like they're a little bit more on the creative side, but it's nowhere near like the Stanford like laid back, chill California coast um, kind of people. And so I think that really is a huge piece of evidence um, and showing that like every school has a completely different way of judging uh, judging people and so i think you should tailor your application to what you think yeah is and then best I, for you i also know, like you mentioned it before how like you're more of kind of like a laid back a california person right compared to the east coast so i think that also like translates to the schools and kind of what they're looking for because if you don't really see yourself as a fit for the school, just, like, overall and vibe, then you're not gonna, like, put your, like, best foot forward and write, like, those essays. Because, like, I find myself to be a very, like, East Coast person. I used to live, like, up in Boston and all that. So I also feel like it's, it's it would be different, um, like, based on, like, what I wrote in my essays and all that. And then it's really about, like, the fit for the school. So I know you said, like, you did a lot of research for Stanford and stuff like that. So, can you kind of talk about like what specifically you're like looking for to kind of like help our listeners if they want to know more about a school and really write essays that are like tailored for that school? Yeah, uh, I yeah I I think the best the best piece of advice I can give um, for researching a school is um, always talk to the people that are actually there, and so I mean that I don't know if we're allowed to like name drop like specific no, that's organizations. Fine. Name drop. Um, yeah, but I was I was really talking about College Confidential in this one. And I, I cannot tell you how much I hate yeah. that website. It's so I ugly. Absolutely despise it's a cesspool it. of angsty teenagers um, who don't know yeah, information exactly. but want to sound yeah. smart. No, but things. also like, like their all format. Those it, oh, yeah, yeah. It's an ugly website too. I agree. <laughs> yeah, my my opinion that there there are two things wrong with it. Um, one, it'll completely destroy oh, your self-esteem. Sure. Um, so I've true. only been on, I've been on the website twice. And on the first time I read about like this kid who was like doing these absolutely amazing curriculars, like winning everything. Um, but yeah, that like really like upset me. Cause I was like, how can you even do this? Like I'm nowhere near to as qualified. But by the way, person. we don't even know if um, it's but the problem true. Is, it's an anonymous exactly, forum. Exactly. I could go on there and be like, I'm exactly. the president of the United States and I'm applying to Harvard. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the, the point is that like, you don't have to you don't even have to verify because it's already there so like it's inferred that someone has probably done it and so you just lose your self-esteem and so um i think the second point we just touched on is that you can't verify a single thing that's on there um anyone could impersonate any anyone and so um, my best advice is to reach out um i actually didn't visit that many schools but how i got around that was on youtube and so i would oh, yeah, really yeah. search up Did like you watch blogs from students and like um Catherine college I, okay, I think there's like two two. There, Cathpath is for Stanford, right? And then Catherine College is like no, Catherine College school. is for Stanford. Yeah, right? She was a huge Stanford, Stanford vlogger Stanford, yeah. a few years ago. She graduated and she stopped. Yeah. But 
Okay. She's she's how I wrote my Stanford supplements. Just like watching her YouTube videos, like, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. This is Stanford. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the best, best way. I actually never, I never visited Stanford, like, officially. Like, we've been to California, but I've never actually, like, toured mm. the campus. And so I, I guess that's, like, another fallacy. You don't have to go to summer classes there. You yeah. don't have to visit to actually get into the school. Um, but I, I just went on YouTube a lot, and and you just literally type in like student blogs and then those there's so many students that like videotape their everyday lives and you can tell a lot about the school and a lot about the students there i'm just from youtube and so that was a that was a great resource for me Mm -hmm. i definitely wouldn't have been able to do any of this without without do you know some youtube names youtuber names that we can we can mention for our for our listeners uh well one of the youtube names is probably going to be me you're starting a Uh, blog (laughs) because um, yeah. I am starting a blog. My release date is in July. So if you guys want to check that out, I literally have like nothing on there. I'm just like planning it out <laughs> once school ends. I'm going to start churning out yeah. content. Um, but I think I think the biggest reason is like this is my biggest way of learning about colleges. And so I really would just want to give back to the community, um, give my perspective on things. I don't think there's anyone that's like that has my like experiences or resumes specifically for my um, for me in my life. And so I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, in in July, and so um, that's the one I can recommend the most. But other other than that, um, there wasn't like a specific YouTuber that I just went on. I just typed in like Stanford campus tour vlog or like Sta- Stanford yeah, day, day in, in the, the life. life or something, and then you just click on like literally just every video on there. And just learn as much as For you sure. can about that about that campus. Yeah, that's really that's a really great way to learn about it too, and it's fun. Because vlogs are fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching one for, like, Vanderbilt, because I was like, hmm, like, I don't really know much about the school. And it's literally this dude, and he has this skateboard, and he just takes it everywhere. And then he's just, like, zooming down the street or something. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So. And and I just, like, I just got up and got my my thing. Um, because, like, every... every person that like gets in i guess for stanford at least like the admissions officer writes you like a, oh like yeah a like note, a little like, hand, nice. like a telling little you like thing. what they like what they like Columbia about your application and that's even like more evidence on the job yeah. i never got no. any of these <laughs> michaels even and dartmouth I, did that they wrote me like a little handwritten thing and i was like oh in like green pen and i was like all right i feel you did they send y'all swag yeah and did, did stanford yeah. and dartmouth send y'all swag like t-shirts no not yet. Not I'm gonna yet. get some though. I'm, I'm expecting a lot though. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yeah, and so I'm my not friend gonna, went to the. I'm M- not gonna name drop my admissions officer, but um, yeah. Sorry to. It's just it just pretty much just goes over like everything that I that I just mentioned. Um, a lot about like how she loved like my passion for Hosa, um, and for Teen Court and for you know representation for um, for people. And she talked about my love of maps as well. And she says um, she loved my emoji pillow essay as well and so she mentioned like a lot of the things that 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 i talked about and so i think that really resonated with her um, and as well as the stanford the stanford agenda and the stanford commitment to Mm -hmm. to being really passionate about the things you love yeah hopefully stanford will give you swag because columbia gave me no swag really at Um, all bruh at all my friend went to the mit one and she got a really (laughs) like really high quality water bottle and i was like dang like you're not even like a student yet and you get okay this is how they like pull you in you know i mean apparently columbia pulled me in without giving me anything so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um um, i guess the other thing that we wanted to talk about is the whole like asian thing which we're all yeah. Asian, I think. Obviously, yeah. um, <laughs> proudly, proudly us Asian. Yes. Are proudly Asian dudes Asian, from yeah. a pretty well-off <laughs> suburb. Hey, maybe that's the key. Asian dudes from Allen, Texas. <laughs> if you're an Asian dude, come <laughs> to <laughs> Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have I have some thoughts on this as well. I, I think your viewers would really like to hear this. Uh, yeah. So obviously, I'm I'm Asian. I come from a you know quiet middle class Alan, texas town. stop uh, by we're not like yeah we don't <laughs> we can't like we can't pay our ways to get into college um, but we also, we also don't we don't have like that huge financial right. assistance either um and so we're kind of like stuck in the middle and so um there's a lot of like really bad information out there for especially for asian applicants um and i guess one of them is like i think you guys just mentioned this on a few podcasts before um about 
picking extracurriculars that non-Asians right. yeah. would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, so obviously I did TOSA, which is Asian pre-med. And so that's like a really stereotypical thing. But, you know, guess what? It, it really yeah. doesn't matter. Um, and I'm like, I'm firsthand proof. I'm not, I'm not as smart as everyone in my school, but I'm just really passionate about it. Um, and so it, it literally, like, I cannot stress enough, like, how much that not looking like your own, like, ethnicity... I cannot stress how much that doesn't yeah. matter at all. It just matters how passionate you are about it. And so if you love something, do it. Like, um, and, and I, I did that full heartedly for Hosa. Um, obviously just don't like, don't like join it. Um, and then expect Obvious. to get in. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to actually, you actually have to do something with it. And I, and I think that's, that's yeah. the only thing that matters. And I think um, just like listening to you talk about Hosa, like, I think the thing that set you apart was, like, okay, yeah, like, you're an Asian male that wants to do, like, pre-med or something like that, but you actually, like, took initiative and, like, you revamped your HOSA club and all that, and I don't, I don't think most people would do that, because a lot of people, like, will, like, just join the club just to say, like, oh, yeah, I do it twice a week, I'm a member, blah, 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 yeah, and then when it comes time to write their essay, yeah. they really have nothing to talk about because they didn't really do or contribute to anything, so definitely, like, you gotta be passionate. Because, like, they can see right through you if you're just doing it for the resume. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, these people, like, um, these admissions officers, like, at Stanford, like, these guys are reading, like, 40,000 applications a year. Like, if I did 40,000 of anything, I'd be really good at that. And so I can tell you right now, they're really good at seeing through all the BS that people put in. And so the best way is to actually love what you do. And so that's probably, like, the biggest advice that I can give um, to, to students um, is that uh, we always talk about like how how grades they don't get you into schools, but they sort of like provide exactly, that baseline exactly. for you. They like put you into consideration, um, and it's like the extracurriculars that really get you into these schools, like what you do outside of school. But I would actually argue even further than that is that extracurriculars don't set you apart either. I mean, the reason why is because for all these top schools, everyone has great extracurriculars. Everyone's the president of a club. Everyone's winning awards. What actually separates people is the level of passion. And it's important because passion is very, it's rare um, and it can't be learned. It's something that's, you already have in yourself. You already have this passion. And so you can't, you can't force yourself to be passionate at something. You actually have to be passionate um, at something. And so that's the thing that not a lot of people get right. And that's by far like out of everything, like like forget test course, forget grades, forget extracurricular passion about what you do and loving what you do. That's the thing that really gets yeah, into college. And so yeah, I encourage all the listeners to to really dig into what. Because I know interesting is that. Sorry, you go. Oh no, I was just gonna say like, um, going back to like college confidential and reading about all these people that are like nationally ranked or like first place in this it. and that. Don't do it. And I was just kind of wary. I was like, <laughs> okay, like I've Don't haven't like done like this big competition or something like that but when you think about it they're only like a select few of people who can actually be nationally ranked or like blah 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 and then everything else is up to like what you've been saying like passion and like if you're just passionate about what you do you don't have to be like oh my gosh like right recognized by like all these people but as long as you're passionate about it then that's all you need yeah and yeah, to add on further, like full disclosure, I, I am nationally ranked for, for host, so I'm ranked number two in the world for medical oh, terminology. Hey. Um, but, Big flex. But I'm going to be honest that it is a flex, but it really didn't matter at all because no one like paid attention to that. Like like even in my letter that I just yeah, got she didn't reference that. Officer, yeah. none of that yeah. was mentioned. None of that was mentioned at all. Um, and I just took it so that it, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that I learned that material. And that was the intellectual vitality essay that I talked about. The first essay, I talked about how I love medical terminology because it's a fusion of Greek and Latin. And like, you get to look at all these gross pictures on Quizlet. <laughs> and I was just going through this at like two in the morning. Like that's what, that's what matters for college applications. Not that second place internationals, literally it doesn't mean anything well, like at all, because if you don't love it, I don't it, think like, it means nothing. It, it does mean I don't something, know, but I don't think it means nothing, but I get what you're saying. Right? It's <laughs> me, not just yeah, the second I mean, let place. Me, yeah, let me clarify that. It, it, it means nothing if you don't actually care about it. And so um, there's like, there was like this, this thing that I was reading about is like this guy who was like nationally ranked in like everything in like science and math. And he was like an Eagle Scout too, but he got rejected from like everywhere. Obviously he's a lot more qualified than me on paper. Um, he's nationally ranked in a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter because it's clear that by doing all this, he was just resume padding. Like he didn't actually care about any of that. 
those meant a lot more than just second place in like out of like the 60 possible events in Hosa. Like that's so much better, but it, it doesn't matter because it's clear that this person didn't care about it. Um, and so um, it's not that I'm, I'm more qualified or that I'm smarter than everyone else. It's just that I'm, I just love what I do more than everyone yeah. else um, or more than the people around me. If and that I makes think sense. part of this is not just doing what you love, right? I, I think that's not as hard as people make it out to be. You like stuff, do that stuff. You know, I, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, finding your passion, oh, everybody says it, but it's so true. And you might not know what you want to do or like to do or want to do for the rest of your life. But as you start trying stuff out, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, you're going to find you're going to find something that you enjoy doing and just do that. And it doesn't need to be a lifelong thing as long as you're interested in it right now, keep doing that and things will work out because as long as you like it, that's that's the type of you know, unfakeable, you know, authenticity or, uh, you know, unfakeable emotions that make for the best stories and the best essays. Because again, like, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head, right? It's not just like the accomplishments or the medals or the trophies. It's about the story that all of that creates. It's about the narrative of yourself that your, you know, extracurriculars and achievements kind of add up to be, not just those extracurriculars. Like, great, you're an Eagle Scout. Great, you do volunteer service. Great, you're first place in whatever thing. If all those things are just separate parts of yourself and there's nothing that unites it together in a coherent story for yourself, it's not that compelling. It's not that compelling because... You know, I believe this when it comes to politics. I certainly believe it when it comes to college admissions. Humans are emotional people. We're, we're emotional beings. We, we care about things that are undescribable. There are certain things that we just like and dislike that, that cannot be rationally explained. So in order to persuade people, you don't can't just have numbers and facts and, and, and the traditional paper resume. You have to have a story that inspires and 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 causes people to be emotional about you yeah absolutely and and even 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 if you're doing college admissions like just to get into college which is a very cynical way of doing it please don't do that um but even if you are just doing college things to get into college once you're done with college none of this is going to matter what's going to matter is that you love what you do um and, and that you're really passionate about because like the next like i don't know 80 years of your life maybe 60, 40, I don't know. It's going to be a long time and you're going to have to do whatever it is that you do and you're going to have to love it um, because you only have one life to live. And so uh, just focusing on the the now, just resume boosting to get into college, um, that's not a good habit to do. Um, there's so many things that you could do that you could actually love, um, that you could actually spend your time on. And so I would highly recommend or to pursue it now. Um, because you're gonna need to you're gonna need to know how to find yeah. your passion kind once of, you graduate from college, and so also like looking back, I did catch myself like in like freshman year or sophomore year, like okay, you're just like in high school and you're like okay, I need to do all these things, you know, to make yeah, me check look boxes. good. I need to um join this. I need to be creative here, but also like academics and that. But but then like over the years or like after like freshman and sophomore year, I found myself dropping some of the things that I truly wasn't passionate about. And those things, of course, didn't even end up on one of, like, my 10 activities on the Common App. So, like, it just, like, goes to show. I feel like people get the perception that, like, you have to do all these things, be the most, like, well-rounded student um, ever, do this and that to get into these top-tier schools, whether it be, like, Stanford or an Ivy or something like that. And I think, like, some people, of course, it's hard, but sometimes they make it harder and, like, more stressful than it needs to be. And then, like, we're all here... Um, we're not like the most amazing people ever, but still we did get into like some of the top schools. So it just goes to show like, as long as you do something you like, you don't have to be the number one person out there. Then like, you can still definitely get in. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I know. Yeah. We're getting like, for all the viewers out there, yeah, we are getting, we're getting really deep and really <laughs> philosophical about this. Um, but, um, but when we talk about like the formula for getting into college, like that is the formula. The there formula is, no is to formula. be passionate about what you like. The formula is there is no yeah, formula. There, the the formula is that there is no formula. The only requirement is that you just have to love what you do, and you have to mm-hmm. show that you love yeah. what you do, um, and that's yeah. that's the only requirement. That's that's mm-hmm. it. That's a simple. I, mean, I don't think it's that hard. I maybe maybe this is just because I I, I got lucky. Yeah. But no, I was I gonna say like at some point 
you just do stuff and you know what you like. Like, what is the stuff you think about on your free time? That's your passion. You know, if you're if you're in bed and thinking about biology, then you probably really love biology, right? It's it's the stuff that you do outside of school when nobody forces you to do that I think can be a really good starting point for finding your passion. Yeah, and and just for people who are trying to find it, I guess for like freshmen and sophomores, just just go out there and just yeah. try something. Um, I, I know I just happened to stumble in on Hosa. It sounded really cool to me. And so now even like senior year, I be honest, like we talked a little about senioritis. I really, I'm doing like the bare yeah, minimum yeah. right now. Like I'm just trying to like, I'm on cruise control. But one of the things I still care about is Hosa. Like I still, I'm still very excited every time we have a meeting. I'm like really hyped to go out there and present. Um, we're doing interviews for officers for next year. And so we have to stay after school until like six for like an entire week. But I'm perfectly willing to go to six and even later than that because I actually I truly love what I do um, not just like in an academic sense but in sort of my I, I take it really personally and so um, that's just something um, that I encourage the freshmen and sophomore um, uh, the people who are listening to your podcast to do is just to go out there and explore and find something that really excites you. I don't you. know if I was an underclassman like listening to this like I feel like a part of me would have been like, okay, this is like a bunch of BS because like y'all y'all got in and y'all can say that now, like after you've gone through it and all that. But actually, like even now, I still I don't think like all of us truly know how we got got in and like why we got in specifically. But like it doesn't really matter. Like it's all about like all the pieces coming together in one way or another. Like you're gonna get into some school that you like, like no matter what. So just like do. Which, like, why not just do what you'd like to do if there is no specific formula? Because who knows, like, that might be what gets you in. Exactly. And if it's like, everyone says college is a crapshoot. So, I mean, if it is a crapshoot, then might as well just do what you love to do. Like, you'll probably get rejected, but at least you'll you'll be doing what, you, what you're really passionate about. Honestly, um, it's and, such and a crapshoot that whatever you yeah. do, who knows yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, like, it could be just, I'm like, sure what they're looking turn... for. Yeah, you can turn so many things into amazing narratives. Like, I, I, I was thinking about if you just was a were, were a gamer for, for, for the entirety of four years. You just played, I don't know, like League of Legends or whatever. You, you were on your esports club or whatever it's called. Um, words about <laughs> Michael. leagues of gamers. But even if you did something that I think we all can say is like not the most traditional uh, applicant that still can be turned into something. Like I was thinking the, the other day about how video games are basically just this fantasy world. And there's a lot of philosophical literature about how you need to imagine a radical new future in order to create real revolutionary change. There's so many ways to connect things that we might not consider as impressive or deep to things that really are. And so even if you do have a passion for something that might not be as traditional or as tried and true, I can think of so many ways you can leverage that as an advantage because, I don't know, like, you can tell stories about anything. And that's the great thing about, I think, this process is creating a story of who you are. I think it's so interesting, and that's why I'm I'm still so interested in it a year out because we don't do this in our day-to-day lives. Like in high school, we don't think and think, who are we? Why do I do what I do? Why do I do both debate and NHS? Why? You don't think about that because you're in the act of doing those things. But as you write these essays, you're hopefully forced to reflect and think about yourself in ways that you just don't and you would never have had the chance if you weren't prompted to by colleges. So big thumbs up to college admissions, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) yeah for yeah for sure whenever you're picking something always do worry about yourself first worry about college admissions later because in this grand scheme of things when you're like 85 and you're reflecting on your life honestly you probably won't even remember this moment like when you were trying to like think of some essay that would look good to a college it won't matter It, it literally won't matter and so obviously i guess that's i might not be the best source to hear that from because i'm like 18 and i'm ready to go to (laughs) i'm a high school senior um um, but, but yeah, for, for everyone, there's, there really isn't a formula. And so we are telling you this because this is the thing that unites all of our applications. And I think I, I explained it pretty well with like all the evidence that how I got into Stanford because of the, the intellectual vitality part that they were looking for, but I got rejected by all the other schools because I didn't put in the effort or more that my admissions officer sent me this 
this letter detailing the stuff that she liked about it I and mean, then how me placing at an international competition really it she couldn't really care less because it doesn't matter what i place is what i do with it um and so i think all those pieces of evidence um of course i don't have an official answer but i think that really points to how you should you should really find what you love all right well come back in 70 years and we'll talk again <laughs> absolutely for sure right. for this sure. was a lot of fun thank you so much for coming on yeah absolutely awesome Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Great talking to you guys. And, and yeah, good luck to everyone. You next year in Dartmouth, man. <laughs> you have a lot of, you have a lot of have fun a lot in of kegs. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that. Um, yeah, and, and Michael, for sure. Yeah. Right. And, and Michael, for sophomore year in Columbia, I'm sure you'll do Get yourself a penthouse. Amazing things. It'll um, be, oh, that's what you need to do. That's, that's, that's an inside joke. That's an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. It's been a lot of fun for us to make it. And hopefully it's been fun for you to listen to it. This was the Admissions Uncovered podcast. We're the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at admissions.uncovered. We have, I have a really funny meme this week. I promise you. It's super funny. It better be funny. It's really funny. At admissions.uncovered. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you uh, is you mentioned earlier that you're going to be launching a YouTube channel coming up. So I'm <laughs> yes. going to hold you to that. Yes. When yes. you launch, how can people find you? Or how can people find you right now so that when you launch, they know how to follow your YouTube channel? What's funny is that I actually don't have that much social media like at all. Like I don't like I was going to make a Twitter and an Instagram at the end of the year. Like the only thing I have is a Snapchat but I did actually make the account. It's uh, my name with an exclamation point next to it. So it's a V-I-N-H-H-U-Y with an exclamation point. Um, and so there are like zero videos on it right now. And I'm just really going on other YouTube videos to figure out like how this whole thing is supposed to work. Um, but uh, my release date is supposed to be July 15th. And I'm going to talk about, I'm probably going to reproduce like some of the stuff that I talked about on the podcast about how um <laughs> i imagine my title the title is going to be rejected by six ivies accepted by stanford <laughs> my best advice for college like that's going to get you so know many how views, to do like yeah. you're already you're already in the media <laughs> business yeah 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 um, um but yeah i'm hopefully i can release that um by july 15th and so that's um Hopefully you guys can maybe yes, give me a shout sure. out. Oh, give for you guys sure. a shout out too. Oh, for sure. Um, we can maybe do some more collabs on my YouTube video when I get like 10 million yeah. subscribers. Right. Then you're going to remember really your first stuff. podcast. You got to come back to the podcast for that. You got to come back to the podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, just, just take a look out for that. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll help you guys find that yeah. YouTube channel. Um, and, and make sure to go look at the other YouTube channels before, before that as well. There's a lot of, we talked about the YouTube vlogs for different campuses and stuff. Um, and so um, just reach out yeah, to everyone. It's, it's a lot of fun uh, watching vlogs. So go subscribe, y'all. Go subscribe. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.